We are back on Are You For Real with Sarah Frick. Today we have one of my very, very, very favorite people, Kira. She is one of the biggest... She's got like the star role in my cast of characters of my <laughs> life. And we are here to talk about body image because we know that January can be little cray. And Kira and I both have our own stories about body image. And there's there's so much, really so much to dive into here. So Kira decided it might be appropriate to open a bottle of champagne and crack a beer as well. And, you know, no judge. Maybe you don't drink in January, but I say if you really want to try something hard, don't drink in July, okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so one thing you guys should know about Kira is, first of all, if you don't know Kira, she's amazing. She's so beautiful. But whenever I see Kira or like years ago or a year ago, how long have we been friends now? Three years? Maybe. Feels like 30. <laughs> it really does. But I'm I, know, all, I, I used, used to be always be like, you. oh my God, you look great. Because that's kind of how I greet people, but also like she is beautiful and I'm like, you look great or whatever. And one time she was like, I really don't like that you comment on my image every time you see me. And I was like, oh, fuck, okay. And then so I stopped. And then she'd walk in and she'd be like, well, how do I look? Don't I look pretty? And I'm like, oh, my God. But I will I, I will say I didn't say I hate when you comment on mine. I just was saying as a critique to you as a person, because someone once told me after listening to our podcast that they love how much we hold each other accountable. <laughs> because we do not let anything slide. But I, it was just a critique that whenever you see people, the first thing you always comment on is how they look. Mm. And God, so, that makes a lot of sense because that's probably how I was greeted every morning. Right. And also like you're in the fitness industry. You see bodies all day. Like you know how to read bodies like before they come in the room. And so that's like what you're trained to do and what a lot of people are trained to do. Mm. And it's like I was saying before we started, but that like, you know, my body is like the least like interesting thing about me, but that's the only thing people can see. So then someone comes in and they're like, Oh, you look great because like they can't see, like maybe you just did something amazing. Like they can't tell that from looking at you. Or you, you. feel, or you actually feel like you're dying on the inside. Yes, yes, yes. One of those two things. Yeah. Okay. So Kira and I were talking the other day, um, because, we were just kind of talking about balance and life and that word we know is like a trigger word for everybody. But Kira does look absolutely amazing and she is getting married January 28th and I will be officiating her wedding. Ooh, the good, the good Reverend Frick. Yes, Reverend Frick. <laughs> Let me tell you guys something scary. In South Carolina, you can be ordained in 30 seconds or less. Um, so <laughs> I'm not for hire though. Um, but I was just saying like, you look so amazing and I'm going to kind of tell her story a little bit and then she can talk about it. But she was talking about years ago, how she restricted herself with food and like got super, super thin. And then it swung, you know, to the other end. And that we kind of, I was like, it was just like, hit me. I was like, what an amazing, like, that's just life. Like, it's like that Seinfeld episode where he talks about how everything evens out. Have you ever seen that one? Yes. Okay. Uh, that that the, episode <laughs> when he stuck with me. the penny out the window and then he gets on. He's like, oh, found a penny. Yeah. Like literally <laughs> even Steven, everything in life, everything in life. Like it just, it kind of always stays around the exact same place. You know what yeah. I mean? So talk to me about that theory a little bit because in your Kiraness. <laughs> oh, talk about it. Um, well... I think, yes, balance is very difficult for me because I'm a very extreme person. You I mean, are? Like, yeah, the Strange. most extreme. Strange. Um, but in my like late 20s, probably, I was just so restrictive in my eating. And I remember like when I weighed 
and I don't know, this might be triggering to talk about weights on here, but when I weighed like 179 pounds, which is the only time I've weighed less than 200 pounds, so I was in like sixth grade, mm-hmm. I remember I was like, oh, like I was so insanely strict about my eating. And like a lot of people are probably like, oh, well, that's not even that skinny. But like, I like almost had a six pack. Like I was like fit and you are I, fit. well, okay, not fit, but like I was very thin for me. And so then I, when I met David, I think it was like, I felt comfortable enough to not have to like, cause like David really loves me for me. Oh, the best. <laughs> You're going to, she's already crying guys. But like, We've been but podcasting for two minutes. But it's like, I, when I start, when I started dating him, it was like, he loved me so much for who I was. And like, yes, he thinks I'm beautiful, but it's like so much more than that. And so then I felt comfortable like, okay, well maybe I don't have to like, just have like, half a cup of cottage cheese for breakfast and like just be psychotic about it, you know, and like wake up and go running every morning. And so then when I allowed myself to have like one bite of food, that was something I probably like, say if it was like, I can't think of an example, but like a bagel, right? Like I probably didn't eat a bagel for like six years. I get that. And then like, um, and so then when I allowed myself to have like a bagel, I went so far in the other direction. And that was for like, five years so like almost the exact same amount of time that I was so restrictive and it's like this thing where nature always wants to be in balance and if you like it's like you know global warming it's like yeah it's colder in the winter and now it's hotter in the summer but like we're always trying to get back to the center equal line and we as humans like with our own free will like we're like I don't want to stay on that center line like I want to be like doing something amazing or like I'm going to be like in the pits of despair, like, is it all or nothing? Right. And your body wants to be in this balanced place. And so now I feel like finally that I'm like, oh, I can just like not be a psychopath about what I eat either way. Right. And I think I was saying to you last week that like, obviously there's like a lot of addictions and all kinds of addictions like have their own things. And there are things with all addictions that are similar. Like if you're an alcoholic or a drug addict or have an eating disorder or whatever it is that like the shame and all these things that surround it. But like the thing about like food addiction is like, unless you have ever had food addiction, it is like something that will take over your whole mind, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when you think about that and like food's always around you, like you're never not going to eat. And so it's something that just like for years would just, occupy my mind constantly mm-hmm. um and and yeah when you said that to me because I was like well it's like drugs alcohol this and that and you were like yes which it can go to that extreme but for a lot of people it does like you said like you have to have food yeah so it's like you can't not eat yeah and I I I mean as a medical professional but not a psychiatrist and like was diagnosed also not by a psychiatrist so you know take that as you will but um like with binge eating disorder like at the end of last year, I guess, which obviously if I'd ever like taken a look at myself and I'd be like, yeah, no shit, because literally couldn't control myself around food for like five years. And but so can we just, can we go yeah, off yeah. on that for a sec? Cause I want to, because, and I'll say this, like I said, like when Kira and I became friends, we became best friends. <laughs> like It wasn't like, All or nothing. Yeah, we weren't like, there was no courting. Yeah. <laughs> like we had a baby and got married and yeah. moved into a single bedroom. Yeah. And I've never, you like we would have some meals together, but like I, it's like something that people hide, like alcoholism or drugs. Like you weren't like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's just like. People always tell me I never eat. People like, 
people would be like, oh, okay, well, we, ha- we have to figure out something to eat. Kira's not going to eat. And it's not that I never eat, but it's also like, and I go out to dinner all the time, and it's like nothing to do with that, but it is definitely something that because of my history with food, and I, I do think I'm better about this, and I don't have qualms with eating in front of other people, but like I do a lot of times like f- still feel more comfortable eating alone. Yeah, I can understand that. And it's just like, oh, well, this is like either like, I'm eating something weird and restricting myself or like I'm eating so much that someone would judge me or somewhere or not at all. And so then it's like something that I'm like, okay, I just need to do this by myself. Yeah. Do you think partly, and I don't know the answer to this and it could just be like, no, I just don't care about that. That why you don't have a lot of food in your house. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's more because I can't plan anything. So I went to Kira's one day after a long day. (laughs) I needed something. You guys know Kira like uses my house like a dorm. And there was one Bud Light, one, and there was maybe a bag of old peanuts or something like this, but there was like four. Like she was like, are these peanuts expired? And I was like, I don't think peanuts expire. I was like, honey, everything (laughs) fucking expires. And like the expiration date was like before we'd moved. Like I brought that jar of peanuts with me from another house. hold on, hold on. Before the truck (laughs) truck rolls out, let me pack the peanuts. (laughs) I don't think necessarily that's a thing. It's more just like... I, I can't plan in the future. And so I'm like, okay, I mean, this is what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. So like David's like, you could go to the, like, I'm always like, oh, I got to go to the grocery store. And he's like, well, if you bought more than food for one meal, then like you wouldn't have to go all the time. But that's just like too far in the future. Yeah. I don't know if that's your shtick. Yeah. That's just not my thing. You're not like, you're not like a chef like Lindsay. Yeah. My, my <laughs> parents. Yeah. I mean. But you said your mom didn't have a lot of food in the fridge growing up, right? Well, she... But she also had three children. Yeah, and two of them were boys that played football, and so it was, like, just constantly never any food. But, like, if you go to my parents' house now, there's probably, like, half a bag of cheese and, like, a few beers. Like, there's... What do they eat? (laughs) I mean, like, there's some eggs. No, they don't have eggs for three meals a day, though. (laughs) My mom got so mad at me the first time I podcasted with you because I painted her in a bad light, which, Mom, I did not. It was just telling the truth. I've met Mom, and, and you're amazing. And, you know, Moms always get the, the shaft on everything. Oh, they get oh, blamed I know for fucking everything. I fucking about it. So, but anyways, but she is an amazing cook, and growing up, I never felt like that, but, like, you know, we're not ones to have excess food around. Do you like to cook at all? Because you're so creative. That's why I ask. I don't know. Like, you okay, love to make a lasagna. I love to make lasagna. I only like to make extreme recipes you? that take like six hours. She's or... like, I'm going to go farm the noodles. <laughs> I'm going to go get the flour from West Italy. Okay, well, so um, your lovely producer, Lindsay Collins, who we've already said, like, we're so obsessed with. Yeah. Um, she makes so and many... fuck, um... Mary kill. Kira would <laughs> marry her, kill me, and fuck Sean. <laughs> <laughs> me and Sean together now. <laughs> That'd be an interesting porno. <laughs> That's for another podcast. <laughs> but like when she, when I, she's the only food account that I feel like I follow. And so then when I watch her make meals, I'm like, oh, wow. Because she's cool. And she's not like annoying about it. But it's, and like, it's not this like is amazing. matching lunches. And like my, in my mind, I'm like, I want to make all these gourmet meals. But then the thing David is. David loves food, right? Yes. He's a huge foodie. But the thing is like much like why I never wash my hair is because I literally just run out of time constantly. This brings me to my next topic. We're going to go back to body, guys. If you tuned into this for body, don't worry. Because I've got a lot of body issues myself. Um, Isn't it funny when I was coming over here, David's like, what are you going to talk about? And I was like, I don't know. And he's oh, like, gosh, I, I have nothing to say. <laughs> me and Sarah like, we have nothing to talk about. I was like, I, I told Kira, I said, can you please come prepared? <laughs> Look, I wrote notes. 
Okay, good. Keep them there. I'm a good student. Um, but so Kira called me the other day <laughs> and told me that in the new year. The, <laughs> so as you, as many of you know, some of you don't, but Kira's like an artist and she's a nurse practitioner and she works like fucking all the time. It's one of the reasons actually why I love her and admire her so much because even if she is a wild card and crazy and pouring champagne, you know, on a Wednesday <laughs> at 1 a.m. or 1 p.m. or whatever, uh, she's always, you always get your shit done. Yes. But you also live in chaos. I live in such chaos. I mean, I, like, <laughs> I just, my mom, whenever I post these stories the other day, thought I was crying. And I was like, I'm not crying. I just, like, my life has reached a fever pitch <laughs> where I can't control anything. And, like, everything is so chaotic all the time around me that I'm like, am I going to, like, s- spontaneously combust, you know? <laughs> so, like, I went on two back-to-back trips, one being my bachelorette party, and I was like working every day in between also getting a collection ready shipping out a collection working on ornaments I mean it was like the most chaotic month of the whole entire year which is saying something so my whole year has been chaotic and it's somewhere in the middle of it my closet collapsed because I have an addiction to dresses so this is this is this this was the collapse this was the physical and metaphorical collapse of my and it life kind of took you down and which I was so surprised because <laughs> you don't like care about shit like that usually but like it was like I'm trying to, I'm going from one trip to the next, trying to pack, can't find one motherfucking thing I want to find because my whole room is in a heap. This is my stepson's room also. So like, meanwhile, my stepson is like sleeping on a pile of like, you know, a hundred of my black thongs, like the last thing your stepson wants. Like, it was just like, it like when you're, and I usually, I'm always a mess, but like, this was like, it was so much and I just didn't have one second to fix it. And so I just kept throwing stuff in, throwing stuff in. And I'm like, this is how people become hoarders. Oh yeah. That could be a great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, you know, in 10 years, that'll be what our new year's episode mm-hmm. about hoarding. And this will be the time we look back at, but it really just like, I mean, I, and so all these people, of course, on Instagram, I'm talking about this. So, you know, it's been a month since anyone's wondering, it's been one month and three days since my closet collapsed. It is still collapsed. I still do not have any systems in place. And, and when this airs, which will make it a lot longer, <laughs> uh, that bitch will still be on the floor. And so I was like, I need systems and organization, but I don't have fucking time for systems and organization. Like who has time to implement systems? Okay. Well, listen, John Frick is the most implementy system person. Does he want to come work for me? Do you, are you kidding? Y'all would kill each other. Oh, what if I got to bitch John around oh, all day? Oh, God. Fucking amazing. Um, but, like, he can't... He thinks that I'm a mess. And I'm like... You're, like, the cleanest person I know. I know. That's, the, that's definitely for another podcast. Um, but it's... Okay, so the closet collapses. And what did you tell me the other day that you're going to become? The other day I was like, in 2023, I'm going to be organized. No, but she was like, she said, I have to tell you something and I really mean it. Like, I'm, this is a very serious thing. <laughs> yes. I'm going to really follow through with this. I said, I'm going to be organized. I'm going to be on top of my shit. My finances are going to be impeccable. I said, in 20, 2023 will be the year that everything has a place and that thing will go in its place immediately after being used. And I said, and you were like, I wonder about your creativity. Like that's part, you know, like, can you be so strict and be creative? And I was like, 
you know what? <laughs> I was like, in 2023, I'm becoming expansive. I'm taking a more space. She told me that, and then she was like, I'm going to be more relaxed, actually. I was like, this conversation just was null and void. I was like, <laughs> it means nothing. I was like, I'm going to grow. I'm becoming more. And I was like... I was like, I, I, I'm taking over the world in 2023. And she's like, wow, we really flipped. Yeah, really flipped, <laughs> really flipped. And then I was telling her about this podcast I listened to with the woman that started Aviator Nation. And she was on the Skinny Confidential. And she was talking about like how what she has done, like why she's successful. She was like not in fashion, not in anything. And why she was successful is because she created like a culture that resonated with her, which I think is something you and I have both done. Yes. And it's like, so like her first store was in California where like they would surf. So like literally she just had like this Basically, she said she needed an office, but when clothes came in, she would just put them out. And the people that worked for her were, like, people she was surfing with and drinking beer with. And, like, they always had, like, instruments around and everything. And then, like, more people were coming and, like, more people were buying. And she did, like, her first, like, I'm going to unquote, I'm going to quote this wrong, so make sure you listen to the podcast. But she went to a trade show, like, before she opened the store. And, like, she made $150,000, like, right there, right off the rip. Yep. And when it came time, like, she kept growing and growing and growing because most of you know Aviator Nation. She makes everything in the States. She says she's a little bit slow. Like, she's like, I'd rather be slower and do it my way than have somebody else fucking tell me what to do. And when she got her, like, when Nordstrom first came to her and they're like, we want to carry your product, she said no. She was like, I'm not ready. Because if you fuck up, she's like, you fuck up Nordstrom, you fuck up everything. Right. So she, when she did take Nordstrom, these all, like, I guess people were in her ear, like, all these were like, you need more advisors, isn't that? And she was like, no, I don't. She was like, I want to do it my way. Yeah. Because my way's working. And I don't care if it takes me like in a different direction. And I just feel like that's what I was saying to you the other day, like about you being a creative, like, like I feel that way too. And it's like when people try to put me in like this box, they're like, well, you've got three kids and you're a mom and you should do this and this and this and this and this and this. Then it's like, I can't be, I can't be the mom I want to be. I can't be the business owner I want to be. I can't be the friend I want to be, you know? Yeah. And I just don't think you're going to be organized. (laughs) say is my mom called she goes are you gonna cry in your instagram stories i was like oh no i'm not gonna cry i was like i'm fine i mean my life is spiraling and she goes baby you just weren't made for a clean life yeah but see how great that your mom (laughs) said that to you yeah but she um was your room a mess growing up yes (laughs) always (laughs) like kira has a rental car right now and i got in i said well that didn't take long I mean, there is literally like shit hanging out the windows. I mean, literally whenever I was, so after college and then before I went to nursing school, I lived with my parents and was like saving money. And like my friends would come over on Friday night to get me to like go out. And like, I was like 25 at the time. And my dad would be like, they'd walk in and my dad would be like, grab a cocktail. He was like, it's going to be a while. She has to clean her room before she goes. Because my dad would like open the door and he'd be like, this goddamn mess. <laughs> You're like, ah. <laughs> I just all like, I just, I can't understand how people have the time or the focus to ever put things back while they're doing it. Because like, but that's Carter. I know. That's but that why is she's so good for me because something I do not relate to on any level. Same. Like, I'm like, I'm like a whirling dervish, especially once I get into, like, if I'm really like painting hard, you know, like (laughs) I will, I will like come in the next day and it's like 
everything's exploded. It's like, I can't grab the, when I'm doing it, I can't grab the paint fast enough. And I'm just like <laughs> throwing shit all over the place. And like, and then I come in and I'm like, what was I doing but in here? But is that you or the vodka? Well, both, <laughs> but like, I literally like, I mean, so I just did an ornament release, which, you know, we all know what swimmingly a, she sold them all out in a minute, but I'm telling everybody that's listening to this. She didn't make any fucking money. <laughs> and she works her ass off. So next year, you want those ornaments? You're gonna be paying double. Yes, but I took over my friend Megan's house, and she lives in this like you know gigantic house in like basically an island off. <laughs> and I like took over her house, and she's also not a clean person. And we were there working around the clock for like five days straight. And by the end, like we were just looking around, we we're like, what have we done That's to like this a meth place? Lab. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we were like. I bet your neighbors think we have a meth lab. We had a we had a tailgate tent set up in her garage that I was sh- that I was splatter painting with, uh, like for around the clock. I was also trying to finish a commission, so I'm resonating at, at uh, <laughs> Halloween night. Her neighbors across the street were having a Halloween party, and they're like out there in their costumes. I have a blowtorch, <laughs> and it's midnight, and I'm blowtorching stuff in the garage. <laughs> You're a psychopath. <laughs> Okay, so let's just go, let's circle back. Okay. We kind of got off on on a a tangent. Much like my closet, things have gone off the rails. Uh, As always. (laughs) And, um, okay, so I just want to talk personally about body image as well. Okay. And, like, I think for me, and I think about this a lot, and I, you know, I don't want to say I was, like, happier then, because I wasn't. Like, I was so fucking stressed out when I was at my thinnest. But, and I saw this picture of myself the other day and I think I even like put it on Instagram and I was like, whole, like, I think you saw it and you were like, that's fucking disturbing. I saw that picture and I did not know you when you were at your thinnest. I was like a bobblehead. I was, I was like, oh my God, you look so fucking old and tired. Well, I sent it to Chandler too, who, and I know it's okay if I say this because she reposted it, but like, I was like, you weren't the only one like struggling like that. And the thing about it is, is like I, after I had the twins, especially I was like, I got to, I was trying to control anything just with the postpartum. And I was like, oh my God, I got just, I, I can be skin. I can be the thin. Control. I know how to fucking be thin. And I definitely like worked that as hard as I possibly could. And I don't even know if in my brain, it was like a skinny thing. Like I said, I think it was a control thing. And I was like, okay, I'll work out. I'll do this. Like, I'll just you know, eat this, this, and this. And it's, I, gosh, I mean, it kind of breaks my heart. Cause I think about like the first, when Della got home from the NICU, uh, she was like five weeks old. And like, I just remember like there was, there's a business or whatever and they have you eat and like put your food in like little Tupperware things. And like, and that's, I'm not saying that that's a, it's a bad thing. Like if it works for somebody, but you don't need to be doing it like fucking five weeks postpartum off of twins. And I was so religious about it that I wouldn't even eat all the Tupperware things. And I'm talking about like tiny Tupperwares that completely are. Oh, I remember the Tupperware phase, not yours, but like it was taking over the yeah, culture yeah. at the time. And I would like make my shakes like that. I would have twice a day instead of like making them with almond milk or milk, like with water. I was like, okay, I'll make them with water. That'll save me this many calories. And like, it was so fucking consuming and it didn't make me any happier at all. No, it didn't. And like, I've, I don't know. I mean, I've said this before, but it's like, when you look at pictures of yourself, when you're thinner, like I was saying before, like when I was just like so restrictive, I look back and you just think, wow, I remember so well, like, still not thinking I was thin enough and then you're like but then you look at the pictures and you're like oh so maybe the whole time it was 
how I thought about myself and it was never my body, you know? And it's like, duh, duh, duh. But in the moment you cannot fucking figure that out. Yeah. Oh my God. I remember like at my absolute thinnest, like even getting on the scale and being like, I don't think I've been this thin, like, I mean, I think I got like, I'm 5'10". I think I got down to like 125, which is really fucking yeah. skinny. Yeah. And thinking, oh, I still have this one little, oh, I could pinch a little bit of skin, which I was like, oh, I could do better. Yeah. I mean, it was 100% control. Yeah. And. And you'll never get to a place where you're happy if like you can't be happy already by yourself. And it's like the most trite and no duh thing, but it's also just like the hardest thing to learn. And that goes across everything. Like if eating isn't your issue or whatever, like if you can't be just like internally happy, then like all these things outside of you that you're trying to control, it's like, that's not, you're never going to be happy with that. Yeah. And it's so hard to remember, but. So what, what do you feel like was your turning point? What was your catalyst? What was the. Okay. Well, I do remember and I hate, sorry, I'm always shaking my leg, but I, um, I hate so much, um, like, I feel like everyone thinks that I've lost weight for my wedding, and I hate that. Oh, sorry I said that. No, it's not you. <laughs> but, like, I just, I'm like, I'm like, it has nothing to do with my motherfucking wedding. <laughs> but, like, it does kind of in the sense that, um, like, I remember maybe, like, two weeks after I got engaged, I, like, was talking to you, and we were at the studio, and I was just like, broke down and I was just like I just want to like be happy with my pictures mm -hmm. and I like that. I just said you know that like looking back at pictures of myself when I was my thinnest like I I wasn't happy then so I don't really know like it's still I still haven't learned everything I need to learn I know you're surprised but you know <laughs> not a guru yet but I was just like I and it wasn't necessarily about like I want to weigh this much or I want to be a size, like even for me, like I've, I've never really been like ever a size 10. It wasn't even like I wanted to be like a certain size. It was more like, I just wanted to like feel really confident and like happy. And I mean, you're spending a fuck ton of money for a dress. Well, you at are. least I am. You are. <laughs> and so you're like, I don't want to spend all this money and then be like uncomfortable with how it fits or like, don't feel like I feel good in my skin. And I don't want to look like I have been a bridesmaid 15 times and a maid of honor three. And I've never once looked at one single, like, you know, the brides are always like, here's all the pictures. They're amazing. I've never once looked at any of them. Cause I'm like, that is like the thought of just clicking through and not knowing if you're in the next one or how to prepare <laughs> yourself. Like if I'm going to look at a picture of myself and this is something a lot, like a few years ago, I was like, I'm going to stop berating myself in pictures. And this was like, even when I was on my heaviest, I was like, I'm going to stop. And even if I don't like the picture objectively, like I'm just going to be like, okay, that's fine. And if someone posts a picture of me, that's bad. I'm never going to text them and say, I can't believe you post that fucking picture of me. Like I was like, I'm just going to be fine with it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just going to be neutral. <laughs> and so I like, but the thought of like clicking through those pictures and you don't know if you need to, I'm in a space of emotional neutralness. Like you don't know if it's coming up. And then like all of a sudden it's like, whoa, there's me on the dance floor. Like yeah. I could never do it. So like, I'm just thinking. Sorry I'm like, to all of her friends that are listening. <laughs> she does care about you. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like, I, I just want to be able to like click through my pictures without feeling like a bomb's going off with every click of the mouse. I understand that feeling very well. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, so I think that was kind of, like, what happened. And then, like, I just was at my primary care person, and she was just, like, I was talking about food and all this stuff, and she's like, so, have you ever heard of binge eating disorder? I'm like, "Mm, yeah, that one have. (laughs) So, I mean, I do think that that was, like, okay, like, this is the whole thing. When you restrict yourself so much, then you as a person, Kira, me personally, like then you spiral out of control down a mountain where you're like laying in a pile of like McDonald's, you know? Mm -hmm. And so then it was like, maybe we don't. And I still have to pull myself back from doing this so much because I've spent so much time, like in the middle of the night, I'll wake up after I eat something bad. Like, not now, but I haven't done this in a while, but I would like sit straight up and I'd be like, oh my God, I can't believe I ate that at midnight or whatever. And then I'm like researching on my phone diets. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, okay, this is going to fix everything. And so it's like so much mental capacity spent just like, if I just cut out cheese. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's my <laughs> there answer. It is. And then it's like, no, that's not the fucking answer. It's yeah. like, just like I didn't like that picture of like my, or didn't like myself in a picture that now in retrospect, like I looked amazing. It's like the same thing. It's like, if you cut out bread and cheese, like that doesn't solve the problem. Like the problem is like in here. Yeah. In internal. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. But so it's felt really nice. <laughs> I will say you are like the happiest person I know. (laughs) I kind of want to like put an IV in you and put it in me too. (laughs) It's hard to get me down. It really is, Kira. That's why I keep you around. (laughs) But um, I, I mean, I think one other fact of it is that like I have like creatively had such an amazing year and have felt like so empowered by my art and like doing all these things that like half the time I'm like, oh, I like. And not that I won't go out for like a celebratory dinner, but I'm like, I just need to eat because I need to fuel myself so I can do the next thing. And so yeah. instead of becoming this thing that I was so obsessed with and it was like the one thing in my life I thought about, now I have so many other things that I think about that I'm like, okay, I'm being fed by my art and by like connecting with people through my art and feeling like I'm doing something meaningful, which like I didn't think my job before wasn't meaningful, but it's just like this is my own thing. Yeah. And then like, so I'm like being fed fed by that and so then like I can have you know half a bagel for breakfast if that's just like what happens to be there for me to eat and I don't have to be like oh my god I can't believe that I ate a bagel or I can have like or like now I'm gonna go eat a pizza right or I can have like eggs and then I'm like okay now I've got other work to do so it's like stopping what like the thing like I think for a long time I wanted food to be everything for me Mm -hmm. and it was either like it could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing or like if I was bad because I was eating bad or I was good because I was eating good, but like food was like everything to me. And so then it's like when you have another outlet and something else that can like bring you joy and not like that serotonin like kick you get from like a scoop of ice cream, you know? And then it's like, oh, wow, like this is what matters to me. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's been nice, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. 
like we could literally fucking talk forever because there's so many things I want to say. But um, I mean, me and Sarah, we go from when we are talking, which is like a hundred times a day, go from high to low to high to low, like rapid fire. Like we're in a fucking roller coaster for like hours, and it's just like up down. And then we're like, let's dig into that, and then we're like off on some like theoretical philosophical conversation from like talking about like the shirt Van put on today. Well, but one thing we did talk about, and I know we're kind of wrapping soon, but we still actually still have time. Um, one thing that you said when I was talking about that podcast with Blair from um, Aviator Nation is she talks a lot about culture and how, you know, like we got to let people be themselves. Mm-hmm. And the more that we let people be themselves, the more they are themselves. Mm-hmm. And like the better you feel when you are yourself. Yes. <sighs> And, like, the older you get, it's, like, the more yourself you feel comfortable being. And, like, the more you se- the more you that you are, the more you magnetize the life that you are meant to have towards you. And so, like, the more over the top in me I become, like, I mean, I will say I get, like, I probably get, like, double the follows as the unfollows. But, you know, the unfollows, they're happening every day. Oh, they same. happen in every day. <clears throat> same. And those people, it doesn't even matter because, like, those were not my clients. That's not who speaks no, to me. No, they're pro And then you become so, like, it's like you bring the energy into I am pro-life. I am pro-choice. Oh, God. I was like, don't scream I'm pro-life into your <laughs> podcast. But but you, like, bring the energy into your life that's meant to the more that you step into yourself. And then you're like, wow, this is fucking cool. Yeah. And, like. I'm sick I, of people trying to bring people down. Yeah. And I've never been one to hide myself. <laughs> Kira, you are. A bright, hot, pink, shining star. Wait, I, I do got to tell I do one, gotta. I do got to tell one story. <laughs> South Carolina education. Stop shaking your legs. Sorry. But uh, my, okay, so my grandfather passed away recently, and he was very old, and he was sick, and, you know, is obviously sad. But my grandma and him had been married for 67 years. So it's just like, oh, my God, can you even imagine, like, someone you're with every day for six, seven years, and all of a sudden they're gone. And so my mom was down there um, talking to her about, like, the cemetery and all this stuff. And so my, my grandma was like, she was saying how she wanted a bench um, to like near his headstone that like yeah, yeah. to she commemorate or whatever. Him. Yeah. And so then my mom's like, oh, what do you want on it? Which obviously the correct and normal answer would be like engraving. But my mom's, I mean, my mom, you know, she likes to think outside the box. She's like, well, maybe Kira could paint it. And my <laughs> grandmother, I mean, she must think I'm so unhinged because she goes, oof. I don't know if Kira could paint it. It'd be covered in F-bombs. Ooh. And I'm like, I'm like, my grandmother thinks that I'm so insane that I'm just going to cover a <laughs> bench for my dead grandfather in a cemetery with fuck. And blunts. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Grandma Mare, I do have a sense of decorum still. Did you tell her that? <laughs> no, but it just made me laugh. Like, I What was did like, your mom say? My mom was like, I laughed so hard. My, my mom was like, I was like, I don't think she'd do that. But my mom was like, we were laughing so hard. I mean, because clearly, first of all, you wouldn't paint a bench. Right. Why did my mother suggest that or offer my <laughs> like, services? It's like a stone bench, too. It's like marble. You're out they're like chipping away at the marble with fuck <laughs> all right y'all so here's the deal okay um we just want you to know that we understand no matter how far along you are on your journey that i'm going to speak for women because that's my gender that it's can be really fucking hard 
no matter what, like we just said. Yeah. And also like speaking of women, everyone in America, well, not just America, obviously going on with the world, but like everyone in the world is taught they can say whatever they want to women about their bodies. And it's just this thing where like we were talking about at the beginning is that, um, is like Sarah will say like, you know, oh, you look good or whatever. And people at the hospital, like they'll come up to me and be like, oh, you look good, which I appreciate if they didn't say it then I would also this be upset. Is so this conundrum. is a, a lose-lose situation. But no one ever says shit to men about how they look. It's like when a... That's like, not true, though. It, but not as much. Like, my, my, well, my family's obsessed with weight, but, like, John is, like, really... He really doesn't drink anymore, and, like, he just eats clean and whatever. Fucking asshole. And my whole family, like, over Thanksgiving, they're like, God, John, you look great. You're so tight. You look great. Yeah. I and John, mean, like, totally gets off on it. Yeah, I guess that is true, but I just feel like anything different about me. I mean, when David walks into a room, I'm like, you look great. It's like, that's kind of Because he does look great. But that's my icebreaker. Yeah, he's like. I mean, you could walk in a mess and I'd be like, damn, girl, you look good. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's also like, I didn't, I've had like a few, well, years of not sleeping very well. And like this morning, I'm like puffy. My eyes are swollen. They like are red because I really, Waylon was up last night. He's been sick, whatever. But I'm like. All day, I'm like, God, I look like shit. I look like shit. And I text Lindsay on the way. I'm like, ignore all the bronzer on my face because I'm like trying to like cover it. You know? I think you look great. You're just saying that. <laughs> you do look great. You were just saying that to be mean. I wasn't saying that to be mean, but it just gave me a giggle. But I do think you look I great. look like I have jaundice because of the fucking bronzer no, on my face. You it's look like worn great. off and now it's like a sh- soft shade of yellow. But winter's hard too. Like, you know, I, in my youthful years, would lay my ass in a tanning bed. And clearly, I don't do that anymore. Chandler's over there nodding because she would do it too. And she probably still does every once in a blue. <laughs> but I, God, I love to fucking tanning bed. Did you lay in a tanning bed? No, you've always protected your skin. That's why it's so good. No, I did use, you know, we um, at Clemson had um, Tiger Town tanning. Did you put um, the um, bunny on and you? And bronze tiger. And we w- we lived, me and my friends lived on this, uh, down the, like, on this alleyway that went straight downtown. <laughs> it was just this, like, street that led straight from our apartment to downtown, went behind all the fraternity houses. And it was, like, a, an alleyway Sounds where there was, there was, like, just, like, n- there was, like, Trap. I mean, it was just like a shady place. So we. This is where the tanning bed was. So we pop in the tanning bed, and then head right to the bar, like with that smell. <laughs> so this is what I did in college. I went when I went to NC State. My last year, we lived like well, I lived off campus always, but we lived in a place, and it was like my you know Fridays were always like Thursdays were always big nights, so Fridays was always a struggle. Right. And I would make myself run to the tanning bed, lay in that tanning bed, and it's always hot in Raleigh, tan. And then you have to, the worst And part, I would run back and the, the, the lotion would be like <laughs> dripping down my legs. The worst part about this story is, okay, so the run, then you're in the tank bed. So at this point you're really sweaty. So then you're having to put the clothes back on the but sweaty But this isn't like body. sweaty like here. Like this was like, I would have like, I had like shorts the size of my hand. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You know okay. what I mean? And like some like Nikes and like probably like a sports bra. And I was just like this like noodle that was just like running around with massive hair. Cause did you like, did you ever distance run? That is the stupidest fucking thing you've ever said to me. Because I used to run half marathons a lot. Did I ever distance run? It's like you telling me you got accepted to Duke. Don't you think that you would have known? (laughs) Distance run. I I can't even do a 5K. I used to run half 
marathons a lot. And like the worst part of the whole experience would be if you have to go to the bathroom. And you know, I've, I've always had a thick thigh, so I need to wear a capri pant. I can't wear a short or too much chafing. And so like, I would literally sometimes be like, fuck it. I'm just going to have to shit my pants because I can't, <laughs> because you, I can't, I wait. didn't actually, but like, I would no, literally. No, I've had this thought about my life in general so many times. <laughs> I would literally like, I would literally, because the thought of going into the porta potty pulling with them down my and pulling sweaty them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. leggings and then pulling them back up but and a, they never get back to the right position. They're never all the way up ever again. This isn't the story of my and life. And so the next five miles, you're thinking about this one wrinkle on your calf that you can't fix. So you never, what did you do if you had to pee? Okay, well maybe this is how I trained myself to never pee. Oh, that's another, that's a whole other fucking podcast. <laughs> Kira's a camel. Gosh, we've got so much ground to cover, but we, do. we, 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 we maybe, have to say goodbye soon. Okay. I wonder if Lindsay, maybe she could do like a 24 hour podcast and mm. just see how, what we can get. Just keep it live rolling. <laughs> yeah. I bet we could like really do something special. Yeah, we could. Maybe it could be like an art installation. You know how like in the nineties in New York City they'd be like, watch this woman sleep or watch this woman, she doesn't sleep for seven days, you know? And so like and she, like me. and she just sits in a box <laughs> and everyone comes in, like looks at her. It's like all these They're art like, performance art. That's what it's called. Performance art. We could do How do you stay awake for seven fucking days by yourself in a box? Well, that was the whole thing because as you'll remember in the iconic Sex in the City episode. Carrie said to Alexander Petrovsky, mm-hmm. she said, I bet she'll be asleep if we come here at three in the morning. And he said, let's go at three in the morning. And she was still awake. So, you know, that's the whole thing. Is she really not sleeping? It's like a, that's the it's performance like a tree in the woods. Art. Yes. <laughs> so right. we could do All a, right, I'm gonna cut Kara off. a seven day performance we'll art back. podcast. We know she's a favorite. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. As always, rate us, review Thanks, us. Thanks, guys. Share with I your never... friends. Oh. Okay. Go ahead, Kira. It's your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 nothing. But um, thank you so much for being here. It was a blast. And uh, and you can find Kira at Kira Mendenhall, K-I-I-R-A-M-E-N-D-E-N-H-A-L-L. I know Instagram's dead, but that's where you'll find me. Well, I do that's have a- so sad that you say that. I was just reading an article about it right before we came here about how, how, you know, Gen Zers are like, look at these grannies on Instagram. And that's how my cousins think of me. But also, you know what? My cousins are poor, so they can't buy my art. So it doesn't really matter. Where are they then? Um, On TikTok? TikTok and Snapchat. You can find me as Kira Mendenhall on both of those as well, but I don't post much. (laughs) God, that's depressing. Cause I mean, I think Instagram's all I got. Yeah, I'm I'm riding that train till it falls way off the tracks. Like a MySpace. Yes. <laughs> you definitely be in my top five. Thank you. I did get off in um, Facebook though. Oh, me too. Like a long time ago. It was just yeah. too much, too many words for me. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening and uh, we'll check you later. Love you. Bye.